Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Endless Hells podcast. Hope you're well. Who's listening and watching along? Joined by John and Francis. How are you both? All good, mate. Stephen, all good. How's you? Oh, I'm all good. I'm all good, man. Well, I mean, the weekend was good. The, the match was good. We missed some chances, but we're going to get stuck in that. There's people already in the comments. Shay67, great to join us. Jed Thomas, great to see you as well. And Kenny, good to have you along. I mean, we'll, get stuck, stuck right, we'll get stuck right into it, John. <clears throat> the league title, basically, is a, it's all about wrapped and ready to be open for Celtic coming back to paradise. But in terms of the game, as you always do, brief summary, how do you feel about it? Now, nah, listen, uh, if you... I'm, all, that, all that really matters, right, is that they didn't win. They needed to win. That was the most important thing, and they didn't. Uh, so any result other than a win for them, I was happy with. Uh, I thought when we went one nothing up, we were going to, it was going to be a good day for us. We were going to coast it, but because I think we dominated that first half. Um, but I, I'm listen. I'm happy with the result either way because it, it's just a formality now. Yeah, I mean, John's right. Franny, again, I'm saying it. That's so weird. I'm agreeing with you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> John's right. <laughs> I mean, the pressure was all on them. And they had the win to keep any chances alive. Ultimately, ended up a draw. We, we both missed chances. First half, we should have kind of robbed home. Second half, they come into the game. But as John said, we, we've done our job. Got the draw. The league's coming home, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for weeks. Ever since we beat them at Ibrox, I thought that was the league done. But... Even like, like obviously, if John says if they get a positive result on Sunday, it, I still for me, I think the league would have been done because I didn't see Celtic losing or dropping points in yeah. the, the last three games to to overturn that the three point. But it's still when it's three points, it's still the pressures obviously mounts a wee bit. But yeah, the game is sort of two halves of Rangers started started pretty decent, and then we we grew into the game and dominated the after especially after our goal dominated the rest of that half. Yeah. Missed a couple of good chances. Started the second half not too bad, and then kind of got sucker punched. I think we they they scored when we were probably had our, our best sort of spell. Maeda was about ten yard offside chance we'd have scored, and I don't know how he misses that chance, and that that probably buries the game at two 0 And uh, but uh, was, I th- I think the substitutions at the time I, at the time I wasn't too fussed about them because like Hatati I think. It was one of the first games I felt he did when you're looking at him, but I think it was more I'm looking at him thinking he's tired because obviously he's saying he's tired. It's that whole thing, like how I used to talk with saying with Taylor when somebody expects him to be crap, the first mistake you're on him. And I think that's where we are with Hattati now because he's came out publicly and said he's tired. I was sort you of can see it though in, in Hattati. I, I don't know if I'm kind of a wee bit blinkered with John because you're expecting him to be tired, you're kind of mm-hmm. subconsciously expecting him to be tired. And he did his touches at times were were pretty poor but I thought I felt like I think if you had to see his number I think he probably covered all the ground his, his running was still pretty good and so at the time of the substitutions and who the substitutions were I thought they were I thought they were good substitutions at the time but I think it total killed our momentum it just had the absolute total opposite effect but like these boys have said if you offered me 1-1 at the start of the game I would have I would have reluctantly taken it you always want to win these games especially what was what was on offer? The fact that you could all but seal the title. Granted, I think the title's all but sealed, even with a draw. But like we were obviously sitting in my bit after it. It was it was a weird sort of atmosphere because half years were happy with the result, half years weren't they? Because like say you're what you won the game, but then you're trying to put it into perspective. Gone, hey, but we're that close. It was it was kind of well for me and obviously John. It was crucial you didn't lose the game. 
Yeah. So it was. Yeah. It, it was a weird one, Stephen. It was. It was a weird feeling to. It was almost like you wouldn't want to celebrate a draw. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, sorry, I, I completely agree, Fran. It, 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 you summed it up perfectly when you said that it's, it, it was a weird atmosphere because at the same time, you know that draw was enough. Aye. Uh, because you know that shy a win for them, then the league was in the bag, so to speak, and mm. you knew that that was enough. So, I mean, you, you could celebrate it in a, in a sense, uh-huh. but at the same time, like you say, we should have won that game. We should have had it done and buried in I mean, Rangers could have won the game as well, but to be fair. No, but I mean, aye, aye. the game could have been put to bed in the first half. Aye. If you, aye, if you score two or three in that first half and you take the chances that we had, mm-hmm. then I think it takes the win right out of Rangers' sails. Oh, hundred percent. And 100%. we just continue to co- we just continue to control the game. But it's because it didn't, and they still had something to fight for. They continue mm-hmm. to obviously push us, and and I mean, we've been looking tired the past couple of games. You can sort of see it, sort of, mm-hmm. as you're getting into run about 60, 70 minutes. You can start to see performance levels maybe dip a wee bit. I don't know if it's just me, but it, it, from my perspective, it, it looks like obviously. I mean, since I just come in, we know this whole we don't stop ethos that he's got around the club at the minute, and it's non-stop for ninety minutes, start to finish. These players, and you've got guys in the team, Maeda Hatai, who who have already touched on. He's come out and said he's tired, and he's starting to look exhausted, and guys like that who and. I mean, Kyogo to an extent as well. The, the boys for Japan have come off the back of a full season in Japan and then another six months with us. I mean, Idiguchi's the only one that's had any real rest. But even at that, I mean, in training, he's still wanting to get, and I'm sure Andrew's still pushing these guys really hard in training as well. So you can start to see, I think, a bit of sort of tiredness, a bit of fatigue setting in and as, as the season's coming to an end. Uh, I think it's something that, in the long run, is something that will eventually be stamped out and they'll get used to that. But at this point, this is like it's a whole new thing mm-hmm. for us and the, the style we play football. But I think you're starting to see it sort of creep in. Um, yeah. But aye, I'd, like you said, it, it was a weird one because we did, to an extent, we still celebrated it because we know the, that's the league done. As long as they didn't win. At the mm-hmm. time, I think what you like you said, we were a wee bit like pff, a draw, really, mm-hmm. because we wanted to win the game. Of course, we did. But Again, it, 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 it's, as time went on and we got a few more beers in us, we started to get a wee bit. <laughs> Somebody's got beers in his. That's right. Sorry, you were babysitting. But I think, <laughs> but, I mean, I we, think we as well. To get, the mood started to pick up a wee ah. bit. I think once we, the realization started to set in, look, this is it. It's ah. it's done now. I mean, what was it? I, I, I said it earlier on in the chat, and it was quite funny to think about That's... this. Even if we redraw the next, the remaining three games. Rangers still need to. Sc- I know we still won't lose the league because Rangers would then need to score twenty goals, and no ah. concede any. And so, I mean, we're in a very strong position at the minute. We just need to win one, and that's it. Mm. I think as well the way you look at it, this, you two are right to point out the fatigue kind of issue. I mean, it's well known the players train the way they play. Every player who's come out in the press conference said that. So. Them fitness levels have to be on point every time they t- take to the field. And John's right again in terms of the 60-minute mark. You see that dip. But in terms of the, the first half, I'll come to yourself, Francis, or John had a quite detailed point to uh-huh. make there. So, for <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> sit back with it. No, but in terms of the, the first half, I think we dominated. Yes, Rangers started good for 10 to 15 minutes to move the ball well. But when we got that goal... You can kind of see us coming into the game more, making more chances. We missed some guilt edge opportunities. And one of the, the calls that we were debating beforehand was Kyogo or Jack Amagas. He went with Kyogo. What do you think about that? Uh, it's it's one of the it's a hard one, Stephen, because you're looking at the the benefit of hindsight, and it's it's hard because we don't know if 
Giacomacchus would have, uh, how he would have performed. I think we were always a podcast unanimous would have preferred Giacomacchus to start, just simply how he performed in the, the previous games against them. But I don't think Kyogo had a bad game saying that, and I don't think any of us were disappointed when we seen Kyogo up front. And let's say on a different day, it could have been different because Kyogo missed, although he was offside, he missed a better time run. He's He's got a, a great chance to, to put his to score a goal as well. I can't remember before actually one not that time where Maeda cut it across them, but Kyogo had strayed in front of the ball and stuff. But it was I say I, I would have preferred Jack and Marcus, but it was one of the ones I wasn't disappointed with Kyogo and yeah, the, the chances we did miss, like Jota's goal, Barisic has got to be in absolute nightmares because that's a bad end. Oh. Yeah, Jota both sneaked in at the back post on him and he's got to be in nightmares about that. But uh, you had what was it then? You had Maeda's chance where I think it just needs to be brave, be brave, and he knocks it and take take the hat because it's what that, that really does that, that disappointed me that he didn't go all in uh, for that. Like. But I, it's it's one of the ones I don't think it's 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 a natural reaction, I think, but in the sense that he's not deliberately pulled out, it's that's one of the things you probably do and realize after it gone, I realize I've just taken the hat there. It's you just subconsciously sometimes pull out your. You're just scared of what's going to happen. I suppose you're scared of getting hurt, where you don't, you maybe shouldn't be. And if it just needs to be brave, and then he knocks it in the net, maybe takes a sore one. But it's, it's sometimes it's what you've got to do. And yeah. I don't, I don't think he deliberately pulled out it, and it, it did shit the nest. But it was one of the ones. It's just, <laughs> it was, a, it was a natural reaction. It was not subconsciously went in and went. Oh, I'm putting that. That's going to get said. I think it's just one of the ones. And then you obviously has a good chance where he. He tried to sort of dive and header him. I mean, that was a really difficult chance, but has he got the chance to maybe bring it down and then like bring it down the chest? And that? So if we, if you put the two, either one of the two chances away and things like that, or even Kyogo times his run better, you've got three great chances uh, to to put that game to bed and stuff. And like without going into the second half, they had like, obviously folk are making a big deal about the stats, so we only had one shot on target. We only had one shot on target because we had a couple of like poor finishing. It was not; it was simply poor finishing. The reason we had that one shot on target, and they're going about how they had five shots on target. One was obviously the goal, and one's a decent save for Joe Hart. The rest of them are mm-hmm. the other three are routine saves. So, I, I reckon on on balance, it was a, a, a draws fair result. But we had a really good chance to put that game to bed in the first half, Stephen. Yeah, I think Ryan Kelly just add to your point before coming to yourself. Uh, John, he says, starting it over, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very fortunate not coming out of Sunday's game of a defeat. A hard-fought game that we probably should have been more comfortable in, John. I tend to agree with that because we discussed the first half there and you made some great points when you were speaking beforehand in terms of the chances we missed. We created some guilt-edge opportunities. Do you think sometimes the finishing needs to be calmed down a bit more? We've talked about Kyogo before, maybe snapping the chances. Mia seems to be falling into that bracket. The minute he had some wonderful chances to put his ahead. Is that a concern for yourself? Nah. I mean, like I say, I think these guys, there's an element of fatigue starting to set in, especially for, like, say, your Kyogo and that. He's just come back from injury as well, but he's, 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 I mean, other than sort of recovering from the injury, he's probably been training hard and everything else. Maeda's, I don't know how he manages to do what he does. <laughs> the guy's unreal. And, 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 but he must be feeling tired to an extent. And again, I think that it's just a case of, there's no, it's no something that concerns me long term. I think that it's something once I've had, like, see this, 
after the season and they've had a break and they come back refreshed. I think we'll see Kiel go back to sort of his best and scoring yeah. goals the way he was when he first came in. I think we'll see if, if hopefully we bring Maida in permanently and this is something that we're going to be... I think we have to, mate. I, I think we have Aye, to bring him in permanently. The deal was... Well, I think the deal was actually with an obligation to buy. It was just something to do with like, the work permit that they... They had to loan Aye. it to start with. But as William says, until they're standing with the scarf. With the scarf, aye. Eh, there's that many rumours, eh? You just don't know what the deal is. But like I said, I mean, we, we saw the same with Paddy Roberts. We thought we were going to bring him in permanently and it never ever came to fruition as well. So it's, it's somebody I want to see us bring in. I know we're obviously we're touching the jaw hanging a bit as well, but I don't think the, the striker <laughs> situation and the no kind of snapping at chances, I think that, that that's part of there's an element of fatigue involved in that. I don't think it's something that mm. they're just snapping at chances because they're not capable or whatever it is. I think there's just other bits creeping into the game at the minute. Um, but aye, it doesn't concern me. And like I say, we've done enough. And I just by touch on the point you made as well about how many shots on target. See, at the end of the day, you can have 40 shots on target. Aye. It's how many you're putting in the back of the net. So aye. they can sit and say, oh, but we had so many shots on target, but you only scored one, so it doesn't matter. Mm. Ah, it's like that. You've just got to te- like you've got to look at stats. Stats can be interpreted to suit a narrative. No, it's like when you bring a when you bring it back to that game where we Barcelona. What was it? Had like I had like ninety-one percent. And we still managed to do it. And I think and Daniel the, the, there. Only the two shots we had on target that game were the ones we scored <laughs> as well. So yeah, uh, exactly. Sometimes it's about efficiency as well from the goal. Daniel Mack comes in friendly and says, the only thing I'm there to complain about is sitting in when we take the lead against decent teams. I noticed that a wee bit. Now, do you think, I mean, we discuss fatigue. Yes, we always start really fast and quick. We get the lead. Did you notice we drop back in terms of aggression? Because I definitely I, did. I would say we, there was, for spells, we weren't passing it as quick as we normally do. We're still sort of, and maybe not playing, breaking the lines as, as well, but I'm not. I don't know if that's down to fatigue. You could like sometimes you've got to credit the opposition, um, and they maybe just played as well and knew what we're doing because they. I, I we're do very reluctant times, to give them any credit. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, especially when it's it's them, but uh, when it's Rangers. But I think at times when you look at the game, they did sit off us a bit and asked us to break us down because obviously we've we spoke at plenty of times when teams sit in on us, we we do find it harder. I'm not. I'm not going to say we shot. We do find it harder, but. When we're actually forcing that team back to defend, it's it's a lot different because you're mm. you're then you're then in the front foot. You're putting that team under pressure. They're not want to be in that position. But we're in Sunday. I think Rangers, not not saying they wanted, but they were happy to sit back and say to Celtic, right, come at us. Especially when maybe Kyle got front. They know generally they might win most of the crosses. So mm. it was. I think it for me. I think it was maybe more maybe good tactics for Van Bronckhorst that he. He understood that it was it's a risk for him to maybe concede a bit of possession, especially in his own half and stuff. But no, nah, I don't. I don't. I, I, it's not something I'm too concerned about, Stephen. I do. I do agree that I don't think we passed it as quick as we normally do. I'm mm. not going to deny that. But I think as well, Anthony comes in, John, with a point that I, I like there is yourself. Felt this is support. We were too quick to go on the players' back for every era. Very tense atmosphere. And he, some people agree with him in the comments section as well. I mean, I do believe. The game, the magnitude of it, it was there was tension around it. As Franny said, it was a weird atmosphere at full times. You don't know where to celebrate a draw or <laughs> to be a bit disappointed. But did you feel that when you were watching the game, the support kind of were getting, especially Hatate? The amount of times I heard moaning and groaning, it was like, come on, give the guy a break. I, to an extent. But I mean, that's not, that, that happens in every derby game because you want mm. 
you're, you're like you'll jump any any time there's been a derby. It doesn't matter where it is, unless you're absolutely you're coasting it and you're up three mm. nothing or whatever the case is. When when it, the game's tense and you know what's at stake, as as the guys are saying, it, it it's like when we make silly mistakes, you tend to jump on their backs, and we we're guilty as well, or some of your players are guilty of making silly decisions, and you're like. As a fan, and you're looking at it, it's easy for us to sit there and fucking when we know the ones on the park and <laughs> having to deal with everything else. But it's easy for fans to sit and say, "Well, oh, what the fuck are you doing?" and 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 oh. shouting and moaning and, and getting on players' backs because we, we we're not doing the job there. Um, but I think that's just part and parcel of the game. Uh, I think Celtic fans do need to sort of chill out a wee bit because even when you're in the lead, we're guilty of it. We just need to sort of relax and understand what, what's happening. But aye, it's going to happen, man. Yeah, 100%. And move on to some more positive issues. Six points clear, Fanny. Under pressure in the second half. Again, Celtic show their resilience, their def- defensive capabilities. And one player I want to mention is John's man, but I'll come to you first. Carl Starfelt, an absolute rock at the back. I know we have Vickers, but he was just—he was immense for me against Rangers on Sunday. He blocked everything. He headed things away. He was taking the ball under pressure. He was finding the players with good passes. I just thought for me that was probably one of his most complete performances for Celtic. Nah, I totally agree. And it's not many, not many games who actually come out and say you thought he was a better, better centre half out of the mm-hmm. two. I thought, I'm not. I don't think Carl uh, Carvajal had a poor game, but it wasn't one of his. There was a couple of times I think he just got too close to Sakala, but I mean Sakala for 30 minutes turned into a world beater. So I think Sakala. It was just one of the games where Sakala was just got it with the matter. He was up against him. He just seemed to get the bit between his teeth. But yeah, Starfelt. I thought, like you said, he. It's a comfy one of the comfiest performances I've seen him in, in that sort of in that position. Because even when you see him strolling out for the back, it was we know it's it's evident that it doesn't really like it it doesn't look like he likes a lot of time on the ball on that side to play with, with his left foot and or control with his left foot, but he showed a lot of confidence and stuff with with that. There was a couple of shaky but he had one dodgy back pass to Joe Hart where Joe Hart tried to kick it and tripped up in that. It was it was madness. But it was, <laughs> Uh, but I, uh, I don't. Apart from that, we era, I don't. I can't really think of anything where I, it was heart and mouth stuff. I'm not even sure he made. I mean, somebody in the comments or that might might correct me, but I'm not even sure he made one of these stupid wee fouls. That he just, he does where he's just that close to a defender and just fouls him. But uh, it was a really, really good performance. Beham and yeah. the defender. He was probably our best defender on the day. Oh, I. I, I think so as well. I agree with that. I agree with that. comes in before coming to yourself, John, saying, hey, boys, the league is done. Poss has done a great job, 100%. Mm. Alistair Jack, Absolutely. I think this is a great point as well, John, for yourself. People need yeah, to remember 31 points turn around. And again, your man, Carl Starfeld, has been behind that as well with Carter Vickers. The defence have played an important role. We have the best goal difference. I think still the best defence in the league. Mm-hmm. So yep. domestically, we're, st- yep. we're still flying there. But just a few words on him because, like the lads are with Gregory, you're the same as Starfelt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, it's Gregory's a slightly different thing because he's been at the club and he's he knows what's expected of him and he's played in Scotland for a while. Starfelt hasn't he? He was new in, and like any new player coming in, you're not just playing on with a new team, new teammates, new country, and a completely new system that nobody was set set in that team was generally used to, and. People were jumping like as a defender. You're probably one of the most important positions on the field because it's it's your job to stop players from scoring, and and then you, and it's it's a very very difficult thing to do. And we as Celtic fans are very very fickle, and we can be a wee bit too quick to judge. 
I've, I'm guilty. Yeah, I've done it. We've all done it. Um, and I think that we, we Starfelt it maybe looked a wee bit shaky in his early games. And if you if you go back and listen to previous things, we were saying like just give him a chance, like let him try, try and settle in a bit, and he'll come good. I'm sure he will because he was highly rated uh, at Ruben Kazan, and it, like you could see there was a player in him, like his positioning and everything else for the large part was was decent for a defender and, and he, he was making silly mistakes and challenges and he was a wee bit rash at times but I think that was nerves more than anything else but look mm-hmm. at his time as went on he's developed into the, a, a top defender for us and he's, he's he's been instrumental in us keeping the record we've got uh, in terms of or the, at least minimising the amount of goals we're conceding like any bloody he has, he, he has games where he's off but I think by and large he's been he's been quite a it's been a successful signing for us or at least for me I would I would certainly say so and like he says he was probably had maybe one of his best games in a Celtic jersey yeah, the other day and I, I thought that he was fantastic and you can see as as times went on he's starting to they wee hangs where he was making rash challenges or it was a wee bit too quick making silly mistakes that side of his game seems he seems to be sort of start ironing that out and it's becoming less and less and less I. There was like you mentioned that back pass. This is something that really, really pisses me off though, because I know Ange wants to play out for the back, right? <laughs> and I don't know if I'm alone here, I'm sure I'm not. But the whole why I play out for the back, I get it. You want to play out for the back and everything else. But there's times where you're just watching and you're seeing that they've got a high line and you're still playing it out at the back and you're just inviting pressure and you're making it difficult for yourself at times. And it's, 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 Thankfully for us, we've not had any really bad mistakes where it's cost us. <laughs> oh, don't be saying that now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've jinxed it. Eh? I've just fucked it. But, <laughs> I mean, we haven't had this these really humongous errors, but every time it happens, you're just expecting it. Um, there was a game, I think it happened in England maybe the other week, and you saw exactly what can happen. I think it was actually... Oh, the Man City goalie. Oh, it wasn't Ederson, but it was other goalie. Aye, but I mean, it doesn't matter. Look how good Man City have been. They've been dominant for years. And the, 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 it's all top players that go to that club. The day that signs for Man City at this stage is gen- it would be classified as shite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've no, got a- no, <laughs> no chance. No, I, I mean, it, with the money and everything else, who are you talking about, Stephen? I have no idea. <laughs> I think I thought you said that some Man City players were shite. No. no, what I said was there's a known ah, habit no. of signing shite players, right? So Aye. regardless right, of what you think of them, they're, they're all top tier talent. Mm. Like, I don't think that's arguable. But it showed that it doesn't matter how good a team you are or how good a player you think you are. Passing the ball around the back like that, you're inviting pressure. and like you can, uh, You're inviting stuff to happen. And it's only a matter of time before it does. Thankfully, it's no harm yet. But it really, really pisses me <laughs> every time it happens, man, man. <laughs> Marks in my so, mouth, and I'm just like, fucking hell. I know, it's, it's like, and I think obviously at times, I, I can't remember, but probably at times on Sunday, I was telling, telling Joe Hart just to get it along. I probably was, but it's one of the there ones is. that if, if that's the way Ange wants to play, we're just going to have to accept it, and we might get caught out for time to time. We might lose a couple of goals for it. It's, it's you either believe in your system or you don't. And I don't think Ange is the type of guy that's got to just know that. There's not enough here in the comments here, John. Geo Patrick, spot on, John. Players should send it up the park, but we do need a GG. Oh, I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree that, but like, 
he doesn't want Ange just to just abandon the way he wants to play. There's no point saying because you don't have to abandon the way you want got, to play, though. That's not got to give the player the defenders confidence if you're saying, "Oh, can we just stick it longer?" Because their players are probably going. Oh, well, he doesn't. Absolutely, that's a good point. I think one one of the anywhere. problems with one of the problems with it for me is we're doing it like see if you're doing it and they they've sort of most teams that play against us don't really put that much pressure on us. They don't press us that high. They've not got such a high line, so. Mm. Usually, once we're back in position, they're all getting back because we can catch them the break quick enough. They know that they need to get back into position, and we've got room to pass out. See, when you're doing that, and like in Europe, teams aren't going to do Aye. that. But you've got to be confident. You've got to be confident in yourself. To play I fully that agree. Pace. But got, see, and then Andrews, can... if you've actually seen one of the open goal call, uh, interviews, Andrews said he wants his but his want he wants his players not to be scared to make mistakes. He, he wants to play through the back, and he's want them not to be scared of losing the ball and. Something bad happening is it? Because he says you start doing that, you'll start not doing it. You'll no, start aye, not long. Absolutely. So Listen, it's but what I'm me, saying it's, is it's, it's here to stay. I think. I'm not saying we. I'm not saying that's what we should be doing. What I'm mm. saying is, is there's a time and a place for it. Joe Hart no, I, is experienced totally enough a keeper. Totally you know. agree. Look, see when you're playing the ball for the back like that, you can see where the op- opposition players are, and you must be able to look at it and say right. They're pressed. They're quite. They've, they've got quite a high line here. Mm. I've got two options, and that's it. Because you've got inverted wing backs now. That as soon as Joe Hart's got that ball, are making their way up and in, and you're passing it out to the. You're passing it out to your two central defenders, and everybody else is trying to get up the park, and you're not leaving yourself with many options. And if you've got two, if you've got one, two or three players pressing you. You've got no choice but to pass it back, and that at that point you're inviting pressure and you're inviting problems. There maybe should the be the field three should be coming looking for it then. This there absolutely should be, make, and make even the even the wing backs, your inverted wing backs, should be staying back to sort of we're going to something else options as well. I'm just saying, if to <laughs> me, like I say, Ange obviously knows a fucking hell of a lot more than I do. That's why he's in the position he is, and why I'm sitting here talking. About <laughs> but I'm saying like. As a fan, we, we we can see sometimes you can see things for watching it on telly that you can't see sitting pit side mm. and you get a different perspective. And for me, it, it just seems silly that like I said, I don't think we're going to stamp it out. And I'm not saying we should, but there's a time and a place and you can see and you should be able to judge against your opposition how far or how high they're pressing and where the, where that line is, like whether or no that's the right option. And sometimes we make the mistake where we're like but a team that is pressing you high and you play through that, you just bypass our whole midfield and you're away. It's, funny, it's, it's like a risk of war thing. It it's is a risk of war thing, but that's what I'm saying. How long before that we're punished for it? Because it's, it's, probably it's all right doing it against Ross County. It's all right doing it against St Mirren. It's all right. I just love an argument. It's all right when you're doing it against these guys. But it's probably got to happen. As I said, Anne doesn't want the players to be scared of conceding a goal for it. And as, be, as, but, I mean, and as, as a fan, though, you're like, you'll stop why doing the fuck are we doing? I know, but that's because you're fans. You just you jump on everything. That's it's what we do. So, do you, do you ever watch that? The premises I'd, of being a fan. That's what you do. Do you ever watch that show on uh, YouTube, the coach, coaching masterclass? I, I, I felt like it was in it. I felt like it was. Gain <laughs> 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 up my job. No, I, I think, like, I think to be fair, like to be honest, 
I do get that feeling sometimes to kick along, but Postacoglu's not going to revert away from that. He wants his players to be comfortable in that system. That's why you see Joe Hart flying back to, to get the ball, start the, start the game quickly, pass it from the back, get the players involved. And the point in the, the, the inverted fullback role, what was quite interesting yourself, John, they come in, and in my opinion, the wingers should drop in where they were, so that creates a space and a, and a pass and an opportunity for the team to get forward. It's all different perspectives. Is it a, a mindset thing? We were going to get up the pitch because we're used to that under previous regimes, but at the moment, I'm enjoying it. And as you said, we've had no major scares. It, it sparked the kind of a debate in the, the comments section here. I want to bring some of it up. Um, Uncle John's come in. <coughs> I'm going to say it. Rangers haven't got where they are in Europe for being donkeys. They have a great physical team and aren't scared to take it on. That's why they aren't scared to play Celtic high up. I think you covered that pretty agree. well there. Yep. Yeah. I would agree and then that. Ryan Kelly comes in. The style of play will have its good days and bad days. The end of the Alkmaar game at home it's the only time we've seen Alan scrap scrap the back passing, hoping that can be done when needed in the future. So, again, there's difference of opinions. Do you know what I mean? And in terms of a player who starts it quick, Franny and plays it from the back, it's Joe Hart. And again, I thought he was absolutely vital. That that crack and save from was it Arfield? I he tried to do a yeah, fancy a fancy back heel, and he saved it, and he got up again and saved the the rebound shot from Ryan Jack, the best player in the world, according to some people. <laughs> but again, how how vital has he been? Eyes. I mean, I've spoke about him so many times throughout the season. He's been absolutely, absolutely magnificent. What's this? <laughs> Some of these uh, boys, they have, they have been called out. <laughs> Just uh, when nobody stay, that's the problem. That's nobody <laughs> stay. Ah, <laughs> uh, Joe Hart is what? Like, what can you say about the guy? I've not, not already said it was. It was one of, I don't know if he maybe split the split the fan base early, early on when we, when he first came in the door. He was sort of a, he was on the wasn't really in the the plans at, at Tottenham and things like that. And there was no doubt in the guy's ability. And it was I think just probably most people's concern was can he get back to that? And I think week on week and he's he's sure that he's he had a couple of tricky moments earlier on the season. I think it was against Batiste where we could see the goal where he just came. It was just bad communication, but new to the team, it's it can happen and stuff. You getting that understanding with your defenders and things like that. But as but it's rare that he's made a mistake for after the sort of first 10, 10, 12 games of the season. I don't don't remember any of them when I'm sitting thinking, God, he's been an absolute disaster. But it's I probably I because I think it. To be fair, I think Willie was maybe. I think me and Ross every time he sprinted for the ball for a bike kick. Me and Ross are like, slow down. And this is where I've just got to totally contradict myself in the sense that I was just ar- I was just arguing with John about saying, "Well, no punt it long because we need to stick to Poster Coglestell." And obviously, Poster Coglestell was get the ball back, get it playing quick. And me and Ross are sitting going, "No, slow the fuck down, just calm down, calm down." And then Joe Hart like, well, I think Willie was like, "No, get it gone, get it gone," and then. Well, Joe Hart was in, in Willie's camp because as it's just it's ridiculous how quick he wants that ball back at times. I mean, it's great nine times out of ten. The the one time it was for Sunday for me where I was one postacoglu abandon what he's he believes in and stuff. But I Joe Hart is he's been absolutely absolutely frightening and arguably the best goalkeeper in the league. But I, I think Craig Gordon well mm. he is argue, for me is probably the best goalkeeper in the league. But Craig Gordon's probably been the best goalkeeper this season, but it's simply just down to he's probably got more work to do. Yeah. But aye, Joe Hart has yes. been an absolute, absolute stalwart. Great, like a captain. Well, he's not been the captain. Well, he's 
been the captain, but he's not the captain. He's he's got that leadership qualities. You've seen some interviews coming out and stuff, heard some things and that, and he's like he's been over the course. He's won big honours and stuff, so he knows what it means to get over the line. And that can like his experience has obviously been vital for it. Although it's his debut season at a new club, he's like he's been at the top and stuff. He, he knows he knows the gig. It's knows first rodeo. He knows what he's doing. And uh, yep. so I think I think his experience has been absolutely vital. And I don't personally, I don't think it would have been. <laughs> uh, personally, I don't. I don't think it would have been a Joe uh, Anand's type signing when he wants a keeper that play with his feet. And Joe Hart's not the best with that. He's, I think he's he's improved, but he's he's not the best. But it was one of the ones similar to McCarthy. I know they came in the same day. I'd be surprised if it was a Apostle Cogley type sign, but he's probably like, I need a keeper. Joe Hart's. Being a good keeper, we'll, we'll see what we can do for a million pound. It's what a mm. signing! What a signing! I think as well, John Ian McIntosh. Another great point here. The good thing about Hart is when he makes a mistake, it doesn't mess with him. But people obviously referring to the goal, you can see that obviously it's, it's from post, near post. Sakala, although it was a, a powerful shot, should he have got it? It's 50 50 for me. So. Yeah, I, I do you mean? But. As, as Ian McIntosh says here, didn't mess with his head. He made that final seal, save to kind of get the draw for us. And he's been an absolute cracking player for us throughout the season. Absolutely. And and like Ian said, it, I mean, it obviously it doesn't affect him. But I think that, that again, that comes down to his experience. He's no a younger keeper, a, a less experienced keeper, maybe would have let that get to his head. But he, like and uh, like uh, Franny said, and like Ian was saying there, it, 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 it doesn't get in his head. It, it doesn't. It's not something that can sort of put him off his game, so to speak. He's far too experienced for it. He's he, and, and he's been he's played at the very highest level, and it's I mean it's evident when you watch him. Like he says, he's, he's got the leadership qualities as well, and he can sort of he can, he's the difference and the sort of defensive attitude as well. Like he's commanding his back line as well, and he's got them confidence in each other, which I think breeds yeah. confidence throughout the rest of the team, and that. I think that that's been vitally important, but I think Hearts, like you said, if, other than Vickers, I think Hearts probably been the best sign in this season, easily. I agree. I think Joe Hart's been fantastic, and that's another thing. Another thing as well, like a keeper breeds confidence in the, the back four, and the back four breed confidence in a keeper. Like they get confident yeah. in a good keeper as well. So, yeah. and it's it's evident when you you look at the goals conceded, Colin. Yeah, I talked about changing the perception of a man. Do you know what I mean? Because before he came in, I thought he was stuck up, arrogant, full of myself. But he's <laughs> never, none of them things. It's crazy what the media does to you when you when you believe it. But we'll but move it's just on. Just like when they say a football fan, Stephen. Yeah, he's just turned like that. Way up there. He like that. Way up yeah, there. especially when he plays for your club, it makes that a wee bit easier. Ah, no. but I mean, he's just like all the Rangers fans with with John Terry. Suddenly he's ah. Oh, that's see the reaction to that. All this God save the Brilliant. Queen stuff, and I was like, what? Brilliant. He's just up watching the game, do you know what I mean? Relax. But see, in terms of, when we've the Felipe Yadon, the news came out today, John, that in Portuguese media, although people, some, some people believe it's like rehash kind of news, that he's confirmed where he wants to stay. Celtic are currently activating the buyout clause of six and a half million, whatever it is. And just two weeks ago, we were on this podcast discussing who would rather have Carter Vickers or Jada, because at that time, Jada wasn't on his, his top of form. But since then, I think it's free assists and, and a goal. Is it a, is it a no brainer to get him on that permanent contract? Listen, see if if he wants to stay here, then absolutely. Uh, at the end of the day, if you've got a, a an agreement, a pre contract thing, 
or something in the, the loan agreement where you've got an option to buy and the fees already been agreed. If, if Celtic want to take that up, then it's down to the player. And we've always said that if the player wants to be here, then it's like mm-hmm. Jota's never to me looked like a player that wants to leave. He looks like he's really enjoying his football. Um, it, it, it looks like he's buying into his, the whole sort of ethos of the club. It looks like he's he's just he's loving it, and it, it doesn't look to me like somebody who doesn't want to be here. But in saying that, up until recently, I think that the Benfica, the reason uh-huh. this news has come out is Benfica has just said that there's going to be a change in management. Mm-hmm. And prior to that news coming out, it was this guy who was at Benfica, wanted to offer him a new contract and keep him sort of there and whatever else. So again, this this news this is the news coming out of Portugal, so I'm gonna take it with a pinch of salt at the minute. I want to sign both Vickers and Jota. I think we need to. Um but Listen, if 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 it's true and Jota does what like again, as William always what? says, and I'll give him another uh. shout when he's standing with a flag and everything's done, like everything's official, <laughs> then fine. But until then, but listen, I, I think it's great news for us. If and, and, and like I say, I, of course we want to keep him. Why wouldn't we? He's 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 been a mm-hmm. fantastic player for us, and I know he went off the boil a wee bit, um, for whatever reason, maybe he just needed a couple of games just to get back into the swing of things. It happens, like I say, his players on the. There's very few players that are consistent their entire career. Like it just doesn't harm. We're not signing elite elite players that are going to be bang on it every week. Exactly. But for 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 us, Jota's been fantastic. Fake him in, and like I say, he's he's played his part. He's contributing. He's scoring goals. He's assisting. He's doing everything you'd expect to play today. He's exciting to watch. He's good with the body's feet. And he's 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 a talent. There's no getting away from it. He's, he's absolutely a talent. And getting him for six million is a steal because in this market, this day and age, a player like that, if he was playing in England, he would be triple that easy. Yeah, maybe even more. But the I fact think, that we're able to get him for that, then I think that's great. I think I heard one of the the sports thing commentators know the pre build up to the game. I was driving down to my grandma's in the car, and he said, "If I think it was Jada was playing in the championship in England, he'd be worth eighteen, nineteen million quite easy oh, for, for that mean, move." Hundred percent, and I think it was fair to say as well. Franny John made the point again. He did go off the boil. Players, as you said, we're not signing the finished article. We're sending like a development player to come into the game and possibly sell on for a higher sell on kind of fee. You look at Jada. Since we said that in the podcast, that debate happened. It was a good debate, by the way. He's had free assist, a fantastic ball for Hugo when his first start back for a goal. His goal against Rangers, basically doing Boris Boris <laughs> like a tipper again, like a like a batter done, and then a couple of nice balls over to Mieta, which he said a finished. I think it's fair to say he's, he's starting to peak again towards the end of the season and he's well worth that six and a half million, isn't he? Uh, definitely. Like we obviously said ages ago when we, we knew this, it's including Carter because that's two players that even at the six million outlay for each, it's it's players you'll make profit on. There's there's no way you can't make a profit on the guys and it does like it says I I think Paul Paul Giet is is on the money here, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh, I think he does love all that. I mean, they probably would get that at Benfica. He's by all accounts related. He's a Benfica fan, so if he went there and played regular, like we were saying when he was getting offered, reported offered three times his wages, whatever that is, to go and play at Benfica, it was one of the ones he you could understand it if he actually went back there and fancied a crack at it. But if these rumours are true, it's it's only great for Celtic. It, it does look like he he likes playing for Celtic. He, he likes the whole atmosphere around it, how 
how we seem to treat players, how we treat that, his type of player and things like that. He's, he seems a good character. You see, like, going back to like the Christmas advert, how he gets involved in the, the George Michael type thing and that, uh, and stuff like that. So it, it looks like he's a good character to have, have round the place because you don't want... He didn't want EPL robots in that, like Dele Alli talks nah. about his his teeth, his morning brush and teeth routine and all that. It's like, fuck off, man! Just lighten up a wee bit. <laughs> all, that, all that shirt swapping and all. Ah, uh, just you, you want to be but be boys that can laugh at themselves and that. And Jota kind of looks like seems that type of guy. Juranovic looks the same, like a good good character. So I just Jota is a type of player is. Any team, but especially at Celtic, it's the type of player we like. A guy that bums off seats, he's exciting and stuff like John said. Got great feet. Could be doing that. Hopefully, if we do sign him during pre-season, he, he works on his shooting and that, because that's, that's questionable. <laughs> but just that whole, whole cutting in. Cutting in and going, chung, but uh, ah, it's just, I hope it's I hope it's a deal. I know we spoke, if it was one or the other, and I think it was one of the ones caused Jota kind of he had a wee dip in form and it was probably like like I said last week I think it was wingers, young wingers will go will go through dips mm. in form and stuff like that, just learning a position. But I think like John said, Bay Carter Vickers and Yota, it was always down to the players. It was never I don't think it was a financial problem for Celtic. We wouldn't have negotiated their fees if we didn't think we were going to meet them. I don't think it would have been reliant on Champions League football for Celtic persuasion. But I think Getting into the Champions League probably helps us get these boys for their persuasion because it's it's a bigger sort of as much as we we don't like to say it. It's, the boys are probably only looking at going. I'm going to spend the rest of my career at Celtic. Oh, but yeah, they've yeah. they've got a bigger window to put their sail in if they're in the Champions League. And now that that's pretty much secured for me, it's maybe that's why they're looking at going. It's maybe worthwhile staying at Celtic. I'm going to play regularly. I'm guaranteed Champions League football. And even if, I, hopefully it's not a season, because I would love nothing better for Postacoglu to keep the nucleus of this team, the main players of this team, for three, four seasons. I think that could be amazing. But I just, I hope, I hope these stories about uh, you are, are true, because uh, he's, he's a real, real good talent and top, top player. So do I. I mean, to have Jada and Carter Vickers secured for next season would be mm-hmm. fantastic. It'd be and a big boost for everybody. Big boost for everybody, I think. There's rumours going around that the Carter Vickers deal isn't as, as much as first thought. There's been two, three million banded around. So let's hope that is uh, the case when we get the two of them tied up. And we'll move on to the Player of the Year awards for the PFA, Scally's Premiership Player of the Year, that kind of thing, John. By the way, just, just to stop you, thank God that uh, Russia, Russian teams are at the Champions League because eh? Villarreal are winning 2 nothing. Uh, what? Oh. They're winning 2 nothing now, aye. Whoa. <laughs> uh, 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 no, no, no inkling on that scoreline, but that's a shot. Is it two each aggregate? Is it two each aggregate? Oh god, that's a tough one. It's pissing the rain, isn't it? I seen the rain beforehand. Like uh, it's probably yeah. going down. Like, but <laughs> move on to the the player of the year awards. Thanks for that wee side note, Franny. Foster <laughs> Coglu won the manager of the year. Cal McGregor won player player of the year. Abada won young player of the year. Celtics uh, Jacanta won women's player of the year. Tom Rossi's won't go the season and I had to go back and find this comment because I thought it was hilarious before you come to yourself John Joe Finley said multiple pair of the year go the season young pair of the year manager of the year anything else on it with Celtic on it make no mistake they are spewing we're having more parties than number 10 and that's exactly what I feel like John doesn't it outstanding I know that I mean well deserved clean sweep of all the awards and like it's, you can't argue with any of them really I think 
there was a lot of people upset that Postacoglu won it because there's there's guys then just as good as Joe be less money and everything else. Everybody likes to come back and say, but Celtic have got money, they're expected to win. We weren't expected to win at the start of the year. Um, they were even calling the saying that we'd be lucky even finish second. We could be split. It, we could be coming third. The rebuild was too much for any new manager to take on. It was going to take years. So the fact that he's come in and we're about to win a league and cup double uh, in his first year, and not only was everybody wrong, but he's proved everybody like that he, he is a cracking manager, and he, he, I think it's well deserved. Um, I just I. Fantastic season for for Celtic players in general, and like he says, if it wasn't a Calmac, you've got other guys that could step in and were potentially winning that award as well. So, aye, it was outstanding, unbelievable. And Red Scotland's in comrades. Nice to have you along, Red Scotland. And Franny, Welcome, you look Welcome, at it, you look at it as well. What's this? Supreme. Aye, I'll put that on the second. But you, you, <laughs> you look you look at it as well. Clean sweep of awards, League Cup double. In terms of a season. You didn't expect it to start. John's right. People, I seen a video go around uh, Twitter the other day, kind of a mashup of all the the Rangers podcasters, YouTubers saying some of them saying we're lucky to finish third. He'll be sacked by Christmas. He'll be gone. But here he is standing, making speeches, winning the manager of the year award. Cal McGregor beside him, the captain. It's fantastic to see, isn't it? Uh, it's, there's there's nothing brilliant to see, and it's it's just it's it's testament to the to the season that this poor Celtics put together because apparently <laughs> apparently a bad team. So, worst Celtic team in years, apparently. I don't know. And they're, they're, I mean, let's take that away. It Rangers are clearly a decent team. You didn't get to a European semi final if you're a bad team. But how we could, like, the league table doesn't lie. It's all about consistency mm-hmm. of the league table. And Postacoglu, like John said, the guy has, has worked wonders. I think Dick Campbell as a, a valid candidate for the, for the position to potentially. I think Dick Campbell and Robin Nielsen are guilty potentially guilty of when the voting's done for this competition, uh, for this award, it, it'd probably be more fairer if it was done at the end of the season. Because Dick Campbell could potentially get Abroth into the Premiership and they're a part-time team. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I still think Postacoglu's totally deserving of the award, but there would be a better case for, for Dick Campbell than if Robin Nielsen manages to win the Scottish Cup. He's got a better argument to put forward for it. I think, but for me, as it stands, you could Without seeing every goal, I think the only co- the only honour you could argue against, for me anyway, is Tom Rogic's. There potentially was a better goal. There, there's potentially a better goal that could be scored. There's games still to play, so I mean that's sort of a wee bit of flaw in the the, the sort of a, the honours. But yeah, we're not, we're not here to thank flaws. We're here to celebrate, friendly. I'm just saying. I, well, that's what I'm saying. Postacoglu, like the players he lost. Yeah, he spent twenty million, twenty five million. But we spent that last season. And look at the season we had it. Spending the money doesn't guarantee the success. It's shown that Getch mm-hmm. puts you in a, a favoured position, but he lost. We lost our record signing in Edward. We lost Christie by all accounts, who was a key player. Ayer, a key player. Uh, Scott Brown, a new manager. It's, I think it was a turnaround of about thirty odd players. It was to actually just be competing. Never mind winning the league, which we'll, we'll be doing. To be competing would have been a great season. But it looks like we're going to win a league and cup double. So I just I don't see any other valid candidate for other than Postacoglu. Callum McGregor, again, he's an eight out of ten every week. So I think he's totally worthy of that uh, that award as well. It's just a master consistency. 
And then he's done it as a captain as well and got to pick a, a League and Cup double. It's hard not to. Craig Gordon potentially could be hard done by Carter Vickers again. Another one. Leila Bada. I mean, is, is there another actual candidate for that one? You know, places like 26 nah. goal contributions. I mean, unbelievable. Ra- Rangers fans are wanting Bassey, and it, even though he doesn't qualify. So <laughs> the folk that are like, Bassey's had a great season. Aye, he has. He's fucking 23. They baffle me. They baffle He's 23. Me. You've got to be 21. I just who who won it I just I don't the goal the goal one you could argue there's probably arguments for a better goal in the season especially when there's games left but even if Dick Campbell and Robin Nielsen finish off winning getting promotion and win the uh, winning the Scottish Cup I think it would be hard to argue well it'd probably hard to argue against uh, uh, Postacoglu getting the managers a year old mm. I think Christy, he comes in here to finish this kind of point off. Anne's come into a place he's never been with. No more than a suitcase. Nothing sells and he has now won more trophies in one season than and a zombie's clover, having And clover need decent, decent clothing because he had to put a jumper on. <laughs> Which he's incidentally made the most sought after fucking... Ah, uh, uh, a jumper. Good bit of marketing though by the, the Celtic people, isn't it? But like, you look at it, Franny made a good point about... Money, spend the money doesn't guarantee success, John. And kind of a lovely tail into the next kind of phase yeah. of this podcast. And has Celtic become another Lowell and Sons football club? Or is it a, <laughs> a forward thinking appointment with Mark Lowell coming in as head of recruitment from the Manchester City group? He was heading up their scouting, their recruitment for the whole group, the whole organization for the last 10 years. I'll give my opinion first here. I think I would have been annoyed previously, probably, but because he's worked with fans before. I like that. Anz knows him. He trusts him. He worked with him at uh, the Monaro's when he was in Japan for four years. Also heading up an organisation like Manchester City. It's no no mean feat. You're, you're on the boat looking after all these clubs and I feel like you're going to disagree with me here. But I'm not going to... I think it's... I think it's a forward-thinking appointment. One that I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And I feel self-conscious of that wee bastard laughing at me now, but go ahead. <laughs> Listen, it's absolutely nothing to do with what you were actually saying or the point you were making. It's just, you you know about the end joke about you always getting names wrong and mispronouncing, mis, mispronunciation what? of certain words. And just what calling say wrong? Wrong? previous club Maniros. Are you going to Maniros or Man- whatever? It doesn't matter. It just made me laugh. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> right, go, what's your, what's your opinion on it? No, listen... It, if anybody's listened to me on this podcast previously or, or, or knows me at all, when it comes to the Celtic board, I don't I'm not exactly complimentary, we'll say. I'm, I'm very, very critical, and I have been, and I'll continue to be because I, I think they need to be held to account for certain things, and Law was no different. I think Law done a fantastic job when he was with us. But since he's left, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, he's still, got, he's still a member of this, that, and the next thing. He's still got shares. He's still got a controlling stake. He's, he's got a say, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think what we need today is far too many people at the minute are focusing on this appointment and just seeing his name and only looking mm. at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is, in the last 10 years in England, Man City have been the most dominant side in England. That's that's not... like You can't argue with that. That's just fact. And... He's been an integral part of that and being their head of recruitment and being part of their sort of scouting network for the, the city group. And you don't get that position just because of your name. And but Man City don't give a fuck who he's related to. It's not a day with Lowell. 
he's got it because he's good at his job and he's managed to keep it for 10 years because he's good at his job. Um, if anything, we owe the fact that he's the son of Peter Law. That that's a positive in this case because if he had no links to us through Peter and whatever else, he would never come to us. There's no way a guy in that position is leaving Man City to come to Celtic. And <clears throat> if anything, we need to thank the fact that he's got that link through Peter Law is because it's probably helped play a part in bringing him here. How and and in addition to that, and in saying that. You've got the fact that he has worked through the city group. He's got links to Boston Cargo and he's worked with him for four years at his previous club. Ange's already come out and he's, the, the, the Celtic have released a statement that says that Ange is happy that he's there. He knows how Ange works. He knows how his teams work. He knows the kind of players Ange needs and what Ange is looking for. And that helps us. And I think that it's an absolutely fantastic appointment. And just take his name out of it. It's, it's, it's massive for us. And it also shows that Ange... And, and listen, a, a lot of people are maybe saying that I'm seeing certain stuff flying about saying, "Oh, this is this thing." It's like the board are going behind Angie's back and making appointments and, and everything else. I Angie's rubber stamped this. He knows who the guy is. The fact that he's got links to the city group and law is irrelevant here. And and, and if any, like I said earlier, the fact that we, we should be actually grateful that we've managed to get a guy like that in um, through the fact he's linked with Peter. Because we've only getting them otherwise, and it's it's massive. Yeah, hundred percent. And come to yourself, Ronnie here, Joe Finley. Does anyone think the law appointment had nothing to do with Anne's? Can you imagine Anne's having no say or accepting it? No way. This is planned. hundred percent. A few more comments. Anne just personally backed him before and worked with him. Paul comes back in advance. Is happy. I'm happy. That's the same. That the consensus within the chat at the minute. They're all chatting amongst themselves, which is great to see. That direction is fantastic. But people, I agree with John. I've seen a lot of kind of people getting stick last night for calling out the appointment and it was kind of people were going back and forth with different arguments and some of them were well put out. Yes, there's arguments on both sides, keeping along the amount of Celtic, blah, blah, blah. But for me, as I said, I think that's Mark Lowell. As John said, if he had no links to us previously, he wouldn't come to us. There's not a chance. He'd be going to another, like a PSG, a Bayern Munich or something like that. I think it's a forward-thinking appointment for the first time in a while in the backroom staff and something I'm excited for. Oh, no, totally. I think, like... I sort of, uh, to be, I can't remember what I was going to say, I kind of lost my train of thought because John made a lot of good points that I was going to say, but I think one of the... Stop one, watching that game. Things, I'm actually also trying to think what I was going to say. It's half time, but I was kind of trying to think what I was going to say. But uh, I, I I think, like you were say, if his name, second name wasn't a lull, the, the section of fans that are against this appointment would have had absolute zero care about it. They would have all, yeah, exactly. all been for it, absolutely all for it. And then, oh, I remember what I was going to say, like, you could basically, if you believe in Ange, you've got to believe in this statement that it was Ange's choice. As simple as that, it's you either you can't sit and go, oh, we back Ange, I believe Ange, but then you didn't believe this statement because yeah. I think the way Ange has performed this season, the fact that he's got the league over the, the line, not officially, but he's got it over the line, he's obviously he's got the board over the over the barrel, he what he wants, he needs to get, and I think, like you boys have said, uh, he's he's got connections with with Mark Lowell. He worked with him for like the four years he's been with the City Group. I don't. It's, it's, <laughs> you must have heard. You must have heard we nuts and bolts gone there, Jed. Uh, but uh, he's obviously got 
links to the City group, the Man City is not a club I'm a big fan of, but if there's any club that you want to kind of base your, base your sort of a team round and try and uh, progress to look towards and follow, Man City is not a bad club to follow at the end of the day. So it's it is an exciting appointment. I think you've got to be an idiot to suggest that Ange has has not had any planning in this. I mean, the guy, it, like you say, Ange knows the guy, knows the guy, mm-hmm. pro, like knows the guy personally. It's, Ange has obviously been involved in this, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, Ange has maybe had conversations and said, "What's the chances of maybe him coming in?" He's maybe even had a word with Peter Long saying, "Couldn't see if you can hear a word in your laddie's ear and stuff." And see if, he, see if he's in, see if he's interested in coming here. Peter Lowell's probably had that an influence that, and this Mark Lowell's probably one of the reasons we've got it's Franny well, why Joe? <laughs> 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 and uh, that Mark Lowell's probably one of the reasons we've got Ange because I mean Peter yep. Lowell's came out and said he's he's a uh, he was one of the reasons we got Ange, but he's probably went to. To his son Mark and said, "Look, is there anybody within the city group that you think would be good for Celtic?" And he's maybe came up with the name, and so we've maybe got we've maybe got this Mark Law to thank a lot for for maybe suggesting suggesting. And so, I mean, I think the majority of the fan base are for it. When I think if I think if they seen that it hadn't worked with Ange, some folk would have thought it was that whole job for the boys type thing, which I would have, I would have understood to an extent. But then. When you look at his thing, even taking the inside out of it, his connections runs to be in within the city group for ten years. If you've got to know what you're doing, and the contacts you'll have are will be absolutely ridiculous. So I can't I can't see anything but positivity for with this appointment. Mm-hmm. One of the most ah, exciting it's an things for me. Appointment. Uh, one of the most exciting things for me is, John, it's done before the summer transfer window. Yeah. It's forward thinking. I, I think that's, that's, been, a, well, I think that's yeah. been an answer. He's kind of been doing that. Obviously, the summer's a wee bit different. He had to do a big turnaround. But you look at January, it was a worst kept secret that the, the three Japanese boys were coming in. And then he obviously got the Riley deal done soon. Said there was no more business. There was no more business. It, mm-hmm. it, gets, it seems yeah. to want to get his business done early, which is, is great. It gives you the most time where the players are backroom staff and things like that. Yeah, hundred percent. Anything else to add, John, on the the mark? I, listen, I, I, as I say, I just it's a, absolutely like you said, a forward thinking appointment. It's a fantastic appointment. It's bigger than any appointment we could probably hope to get, and we need to be mm-hmm. like I say, we're going back to it. But we need to be grateful at the fact he's got that link to Peter, and the hatred for Peter is misguided as well because he was fantastic for us. See, as a see, as, as, the bus here, John. What's got that's me that contradicts myself. No, I'm not contradicting myself. <laughs> I've I've always said it. Listen, the job he done for us as a CEO was fantastic. He done exactly. as a CEO, he, he, you couldn't ask for better. He, he done a fantastic job. job for us. It's when he was interfering in other matters Aye. with his remit, which was the problem, right? Mm-hmm. But that aside, we, we, you have to thank Peter for the job he's done. And since mm-hmm. he's left, it doesn't bother me that he still got shares. He's a fan, right? Aye. He's a fan of the club. It doesn't bother me. You still got shares, and if he's if this is the kind of things that if you're using your but network, see, your wider see, network, thing, is that is Shear saying no, so he can keep a position on the European board or something like that, like at ECA, isn't that something like that? Which can, really can only benefit, which can only benefit Celtic, surely, because you've kind of got to hope that he's he's kind of. But listen, it's corner that, when it comes to like that. It doesn't bother me about stuff like nah. that. The what what nah. bothers me about the board is when. They're doing stuff behind people's backs without their knowledge. Yep. 
Mm. We've seen it with Rogers. We've seen it with Lennon. You, you no know, batting your manager, making snide decisions, and that—that's the shit that pisses me off. And that's the stuff Aye. I've been very, very vocal about. This appointment isn't that because again, ah, I guess, like it's definitely no. And we, we and this, like I say, is it, in terms of his experience and everything else, and what he's going to bring to us is absolutely massive. And I'll say it again, <laughs> we need to thank the fact that he's Peter Loyal's son in this case because we would never get an appointment like that without those connections. And like Franny says, the contacts he's going to have in the game mm-hmm. through his 10 years working with the City Group is going to be uh, it's going to be phenomenal and it only benefits us and when you're working with somebody that Andrew trusts and he's got four years experience with mm-hmm. I mean how, how can you possibly be looking at this as a negative thing it baffles me it's the name uh, for, that's all I, 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 but that's what I'm saying been... people are just seeing the name and thinking <clears throat> that there's something bad happening and we're going behind Andrew's back that, and all the rest of it the fact that he's worked with Andrew for four years to me, tells me he's an unsigned, and, and then you look at the the fitness guy that came in for Spurs. For me, that's no a board decision. That's an and decision. Then the the analytics guy that came for Benfica. For me, that's yeah. all. Anspot. I'm not saying Anspostokoglu specifically wanted that person. The profile of the went, person. That profile of the person. Yeah, he's probably specifically wanted Matt Lowell when it became a possibility, but because he probably knew him personally. But these type of guys in the background for me show that they're. Yeah, because I, I like it. Type guys, because it's like when in the past that we had to go on for an analytics guy for Benfica. <laughs> I don't no. think Rogers would do things like that. Ange, Ange's always say that, and you you use that thing. He fits that profile, and this is something uh-huh. Ange's big on. Is a profile mm-hmm. you need you need to meet certain uh-huh. criteria, and Ange's obviously quite big on that because it's what he looks for in players. And then you remember when we spoke to uh, the boy. David Webb, uh, and yeah. he was telling, like, he done a very similar thing, and you, when you look at an analytical side, when you're a player, they have to fit a certain profile. So that's and, where a lot of teams are gone now, aren't they? They're gone down that But that, this is the way football is now. Everything is uh, so based on stats, and that, but it wasn't available to you before. You were just basing everything on what you could see, but now mm-hmm. you've got all this data to go on. And they need to be able to do certain things, and I think it's it's a good move for us because it shows a modernisation. Exactly. Aye, exactly. But it, it shows the club moving forward, it's forward thinking, and it shows that Celtic are, are moving to a much more modern sort of thing, which we were screaming for at the start of the year when Don Mackay came out and he was saying, oh, we, the, the, the club's dated, we need to modernise within and, and all this stuff. And then when he left, we're like, what's going to happen? But this is showing signs that we are moving in the right direction. You've got a manager now who is more than capable. You've got a guy he's worked with previously who has a network that probably is as good as anybody else in the game in, in terms mm-hmm. of his scouting network. And he's going to be working directly with Ange and the board to bring the right players in. It, it, it's an incredible appointment. And like I say, his, his name aside, but you could never hope Celtic to get in a guy of that stature and that much experience. So we yeah. owe the fact he's loyal. So that, that's a bonus here. Um. Other, like, if, if you're successful, other noise about who it is will go in the background. You just look at Nicholson. Oh, why? Everybody was up in arms. Who? Was, boy, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> boy, Nicholson. When we're all moaning he's never said a word and things like that. Then you start learning things. Nobody's caring about who's in charge. Of it. I mean, rightly or wrongly, yeah. nobody's caring about all these guys in the background when you're successful to an extent. Right, yeah, I think we can all all agree it's a, a great appointment and get the kind of bring the podcast to its end. Jed Thomas comes in with another great piece. 
another two million in the bank. Boys, why we're just sitting talking. Ryan Christie's being promoted to the English Premier League That's with it. Bournemouth. Ah, which is, well. I wanted not which, <laughs> which is guaranteed, sadly, well, if we're led to believe the transfer kind of things, uh, another two million quid. So, boost the bank balance for the, the Champions League bounty, hopefully, coming our way when we wrap up the league title. And in terms of the podcast, I want to say thank you to everyone who was watching. The interaction is fantastic. The chat's been non-stop. People talking to each other. Like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it as far as you can to all your mates, your family, all Celtic-related groups because we're just growing and we're loving every single second of it. And have you guys enjoyed this one? Yeah, it's been really, really good. It's been good, aye. It's been good. No quiz, no? No quiz. <laughs> you. are getting but... hosting host once a week and you're not even... Just want to say as well, thanks, James. Another great, good talk. Oh, that's really appreciate. <laughs> really appreciate that. That's good for you, isn't it? <laughs> but until Friday, when we look ahead to the next game's hearts, isn't it? And yeah. we'll be looking at it in depth and all that kind of thing. Stay well and keep safe. Heal, heal. <laughs>